All right. What up, what up, what up? Hello, brother. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, back in the mix. Yeah. We, uh, we, we, we back like we forgot something, you know? Yeah, back like Quasimodo, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, uh, you yeah, know, all, all jokes aside, we, we took a little hiatus, even though uh, we had a few kind of podcasts in the, in the bag to record. But with everything mm-hmm. going on in the world, it kind of felt like the wrong time for us to, you know, uh, do a podcast with Cassie talking about like you know, eating big steaks. Yeah, yeah. We want to come in too lighthearted in a time that was uh, not very, you know, good to be lighthearted. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, I know we, we kind of started this as saying, hey, let's have a kind of a lighthearted conversational break from everything going on with the pandemic but uh you know this the current climate uh non-pandemic related is not something i think you know even if you might want a lighthearted break from it you probably don't deserve one uh most humans out there and we should uh i think it's you know like everybody we should be uh doing our part to kind of contribute to the the conversation around everything that's going on right now yeah man i think we should start by uh I think you should tell the people uh, what you guys just did over at one of your businesses with the uh, the jacket, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, so you know, I uh, um, I, I work with a, a business called Understated Leather, um, which are, you know friends of mine for a, a super super long time, uh, kind of a, a family business, and they they did a uh, a jacket, um, just kind of you know, hundred percent of proceeds going to you know, particular foundations, et cetera. And, uh, has like a little stitching. It says won't back down on the back of it, but it was a whole conversation kind of within that business as well as, you know, as a, you know, white owned business in Texas catering to a Southern customer and a lot of conversations around, uh, how customers were going to react and kind of as expected, there were definitely some, uh, emails. Yeah. And, uh, but on the other side, you know, kind of watching all these brands in that space that, uh, that brand is, wanted to collaborate with or worked with you watch people get canceled kind of right and left and and you're also kind of you know thinking you know talking talking with your employees and talking with people that you work with and and you know about kind of what matters and you know it's hard it's hard because it seems like almost anything you do you know might be the wrong thing it's like okay well do we want to sell something right now you know but like that's kind of what we do and what we have and so you can contribute your own money but people expect the brand to make a statement and you want to make a statement and it's 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 a tough time to navigate you know uh especially for people that, uh, you know, I think it was easy enough for, for this, for this brand and these people who have kind of thought it through and are kind of very you know, worldly. But I, uh, I think it's hard for a lot of people who don't ask themselves those hard questions and don't know what their stances are, you know? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And like, I've thought about that too, a bunch, you know, from like when we even had the conversation about, you know, like where do brands stand, like with saying something and is it like too late to say something? Should they should have said something earlier? And it makes you just kind of step back and reevaluate. Cause I remember seeing like a list of, you know, brands that like hadn't, you know, said anything or like even like places that you find out that like support Trump that like you eat at every day or just like stuff like that. And it's just like, yo, we're, we're just so torn between these like things. And it's like, I know I feel, and I know how like many things I want to do, but I've been just like trying to like educate myself like a hundred percent along the way. So I know like what I'm doing. Cause I know what I believe. And I understand that, like, this is what I'm feeling. So I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. And I'm starting to feel that, you know, uh, there's, there's certain businesses that, you know, should come out right away. If you are like the standard bearer for a industry or if you, have, you know, large employees, et cetera, like you should have been out there making statements from like moment one, you know, totally. but for smaller brands that, uh, you know, don't have teams to sit down and kind of navigate that and you kind of want to approach it the right way and do something authentic. I think it's, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different, but I think at the end of the day, 
anything that you can do to raise money for one of these good causes and to put out the energy into the world that uh, you are you are working for positive change, have more of those conversations, to have more of that just out there in the zeitgeist, I think is uh, is good. And so even if it's delayed, even if it might seem minor, even if some people might get mad at you one way or the other, I think it is worth like making making actions that you feel are right. Uh, as long as you know that involves not being like a terrible person. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the perfect way to put it too. And it's like, that's what I feel like is going to make the most impact is like people coming together and donating and like finding the right causes to like read up about and just become more familiarized with like the depths of what's going on and not just keeping it like, you know, surface level. Yeah. And I think it's, it's opening the doors to the kind of this bigger conversation, you know, so we've kind of started with the, started with the, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter conversation into the defund the police conversation now mm-hmm. into the voter suppression conversation, you know, and mm-hmm. I think right now, right before we're recording this it came out like LeBron and a bunch of other kind of relatively famous people were working with Stacey Abrams and, and a, f- a few other kind of politicians around, you know, kind of ensuring that, you know, to work against voter repression. There's kind of a big story that, you know, today about kind of what's happening in Georgia there. And I do think that, you know, this peak level of awareness we have and everyone glued to the news since they happened from the pandemic, you know, uh, this is just the first step, like acknowledging kind of these things that are going on in the world and, and starting to support them and you support them fiscally, but then like continuing to go down the rabbit hole on more and more of these like giant issues we've all known about, but no one's really acted on. Like the more catalyst, yeah. the deeper this goes, the more change that happens. Like, let's take advantage of that moment. Yeah. And it's like, what better time than now when like, there's so many people that are, you know, having their voices heard via just like, like this wouldn't have happened if we didn't have cell phone cameras, you know? So it's like For sure. the ability, the ability to go on the news or go on the internet and, you know, state what's actually happening and like bypassing this just like fucked up world that the news kind of follows. Like, I don't know if you saw the video, but it's like all, all of the, like the news, like, like six or seven different news companies literally like saying word for word the same thing about the situations that are going down. Yeah. And it's like, yo, I don't even want to watch the news because, you know, majority of the time it's just bullshit. So it's like, I go straight to Twitter for things like this and just kind of watch, you know, and just well, see and what I like. The, the hard part about going to, you know, Twitter, I think is the best outlet for this, uh, but it still for suffers sure. from the same, you know, uh, the same problems that, not quite to the extent, you know, you're going to follow people that you are uh, naturally kind of in their zone or kind of agree with your politics and, you know, people kind of really stray outside of their kind of comfort zone. But when you, but the algorithm isn't based on that, you know, it, it is in some extent, but you're still seeing like a feed of things that from everyone you follow. Whereas if you're yeah. a, uh, on Facebook or Instagram or, or looking at your news site, you are getting things that are just telling you specifically the side of the story that you want to hear. Um, mm-hmm. and that was the craziest thing to me about kind of all this is, is I, uh, I got pretty, uh, lit up about some of those kind of police brutality videos and seeing these kind of things happen and seeing them happen in New York with people I knew and in places I knew, and then obviously across the kind of U S and the world. And then, uh, I reposted kind of a number of them on, on Instagram and, and, uh, and for those of you that don't know a ton of my background, I, you know, came, moved to California from Texas. I've worked in the firearms industry, you know, prior yeah. and I had a, lot, a lot of Republican friends, uh, a lot of Trump supporting friends, a lot of Southern people I know, and, uh, you know, black and white of all, of all races and kind of backgrounds. And a lot of them just had not seen any of those things. If you're on Twitter, you've seen that like a thousand times that you take completely for granted. And they hadn't seen any of these kind of those examples because they're in their echo chamber. And, you know, and I think it ended up actually having some really constructive conversations I did not expect to have with people who are very much, you know, uh, would have been in the kind of all lives matter camp and who are like yeah. asking for a lot more information. And I thought that was particularly interesting. 
and, you know, I just kind of didn't realize how deep those kind of echo chambers had gotten. And, and, uh, you know, as I kind of stray very much in the, in the middle of those two lines. Man, that's crazy. Like I, I didn't even think about that too. And it kind of just proves the simple fact that like you either like live in that world where you see what you want to see and like believe what you want to believe. But also there's obviously the other side of the coin where there's other people that have that same thing, but it's like the polar opposite. Right. So it's like people that live in Texas may not even know about some of the stuff that's going on because they're so like in their own little world. Right. Like that's yeah. kind of like how I envision well, because it. Because the story, when they open Facebook, they see like, you know, for lack of a yeah, like evil person hits cop. They don't see like cop yeah. throws person to the ground. And I think, but what's interesting about that dynamic in that right or left is that it is so much worse in, especially in uh, the minds of people who kind of, let's say on the right, who believe in law and order, a, a police person hitting an innocent person is always going to be a thousand times worse than a criminal hitting a police. You expect that of the criminal. Yeah. You don't expect it of the police officer, uh, you know, or of a normal city, you know, a normal citizen, you know, that's necessarily be a criminal. And the, uh, I think yeah. that that's interesting too, is kind of like how much, uh, how much that dynamic can switch, particularly on that end in that particular circumstance. Yeah. That's so wild. And then the, the one that I've noticed the most, I'm, I'm sure you've seen, uh, I think it was the chief of the NYPD that came out and talked about how he was just like, I can't believe you guys are treating us like this, blah, blah. It was like, yo, like, do you not understand what the shoes that you're standing that, in now are? You, and, you completely and don't. don't. Oh, and it's no fucking idea. nuts, bro. Like, think <laughs> about if it was, oh, man, I just like, I can't, I can't obviously not see it anymore because it's everywhere. So I'm just like, whoa, this is wild. Yeah, but they just—it's just—it's a complete lack of lack of awareness, and that's kind of the problem that I think people have on both ends. I think in the last couple of years, some of these movements haven't caught on with you know necessarily a certain amount of traction, because uh, you know it, it, it's hard to kind of see from the other side on a more conservative side how you how would you create something that that those people would care about, and you shouldn't have to think that way. People should be wanting to consider people of all kinds and, you know, should be trying to perpetuate kindness kind of regardless of it's, it's presented in their perspective. That's kind of not really the world we live in. Um, and so I think that like it is uh, asking for self-awareness is asking a lot. And I'm hoping that, you know, this, this may activate a lot more people to be like that, but I don't know how you're ever going to reach people like that. Like the police uh, union chief or whoever that you mentioned. Yeah. No. And I think just like you said, becoming self-aware and kind of, just like putting yourself in those those places where it's like like how you're saying it's like these things have kind of happened like black lives matter has been a thing for a while through like you know the trayvon martin thing and like all that stuff and it kind of catches wind for a little bit and then it tapers off and people kind of get back to their regular life kind of like any like you know headline people are blown away by this on vanderpump rules for a day or this on that you know this topic and it's like i'm stoked that like people are really like understanding like how important it is now to where it's like not losing steam you know and, and people are just, getting like for real canceled like you mentioned vanderpump rules and like two cast member two the yeah their biggest cast member gone you know it's like done yeah for doing was, some super fucked up shit yeah you know and it's just, yeah. it's, just, it's just the stuff that's getting dug up in their past and it's like Oh, like, well, it's stuff it's that what's interesting about that case is it happened and people knew about it and it was like on podcasts like i don't know oh where did it go and it just didn't result in, it was like kind of a, oh, my bad, you know, yeah. it, but it wasn't like a, just, oh, hey, it was like you a, need to like lose your job. Yeah. It was like a slap on the wrist compared to like, we need to fucking push you off the boat type and, thing. And that was the problem. And I, and I think, yeah, that, man, that's, it's a different standard that's, going forward. 
no man people are people are for real getting canceled right now and i think it's a good thing too um it it's it's like there should be just no no lenience you know yeah and i guess and it's been interesting to see kind of yeah there's people you expect to get canceled you get to see people's responses in this and for the most part responses are maybe even better than i expected you know i think uh people have been people that I thought would be kind of be on the sidelines or more actively involved and kind of discussing it. And I thought that was great. And then you see some groups of people that you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with these folks? Like I, uh, I don't know. I have a whole, like, yeah, I have multiple contingents of people in my life from various times. They're like in like the burning man, you know, collection yeah. who are, I can, who have come out. It's just like, I, this has kind of exposed those people as like not really woke and like kind of racist. <laughs> and that's been a, yeah. uh, a really, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess not surprising in hindsight, but like a kind of surprising twist. You see these whole groups of folks that are just like silent and that's really interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's been kind of eye-opening to see like who has done what and who has said what. And I don't want to be like the one to sit back and like judge who's saying what or who's, you know, actually speaking up because obviously it's like, this is all like, hey, look into yourself and decide like what, like what your real stance is and like where you want to be with it, you know? Like I don't want the people that are just like following following suit just because they think they should yeah. you know you should be saying something because you believe it and like just like you said you know coming from texas like i grew up in oregon you know majority of my time there is a ton of people out there that are very big trump supporters and a lot of my family is very conservative you know driven and things like that and my father was just like a full-on just like total racist guy and like i hated it man it, like from a young age it bothered me bro it really upset me because i'm just like a loving person who gives a fuck and like, i've always been like that and for me and it was so funny i don't know if this is wrong or right or like anything but i think from him being so like anti like like black people just fucked up and like it made me more want to be just like involved in like hip-hop and like music and like people of like that black like culture you know and i never wanted to say i like would do it for a certain reason but it was just like it it like felt natural to me just because it's like who I was around. But then also it was like kind of like a fuck you to like my racist dad. <laughs> yeah, like kind of natural rebellion. That's interesting. And, uh, you know, I wonder, I guess I, I just wonder how people are dealing with that. You know, like how like dealing with the parents now going home and having those conversations, those kind of things is like a real, a real thing, you know? Yeah, no. And that's a, and that's the thing too, is like, I think there's probably a lot of kids that are in families that are not speaking up during these times because it's like, they're still like, mommy and daddy like riding coattails or maybe even just like not wanting to like confront the situation and i know a lot of that has been happening on my side of the family where i'm like yo like fuck that motherfucker like i do not support that dude you know at all like yeah y'all got me fucked up for real and it's just been been frustrating bro like i get emotional like you know me like i'm i'm an emotional guy and like it's just like fucking irritating dude you know so I get, I get all hopped up. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it has been good to see. I know too, I've seen a lot of like online, it's like toolkits, but how to have this conversation with your like quasi-racist parents, you know? And that's a, yeah. it's like, shit, you know, we really come to that point. But I think any kind of constructive movement towards a better place is, is good. It's just like, man, how have we come this far yeah. down? <laughs> yeah, and running off of that, like you saying like there's toolkits or whatever, like I, I saw someone tweet today or something, it was like, I saw that the number one selling book today on Amazon was like how not to be a racist. It's like, why does that need to be a fucking book? You know, and it does because like you see this shit like the other day with like the Democrats kneeling, like in the Kente cloth, like, and you're just, y'all don't have a single person, you know, and I'm not saying that, uh, 
you know, it is the responsibility of, you know, any person of color to have to like give guidance to white people to tell them what's right or wrong. But, oh, but no. did these guys not have a single person that could be like, Hey, so we're thinking of, you know, all wearing the Kente cloth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And go how do you think that would come it. across? And I just can't believe that that, uh, it's just like, you know, uh, yeah, so that, that, like, that's why you have to have a book of that is because even people who are like technically responsible, just like have no, are like doing performative ridiculousness without any real, consciousness of our self-awareness you know yeah gosh it's just just, yeah it's it's kind of a it's it almost like maybe to the to the normal person i don't know if i want to consider us normal we're we're we're, we're out out there yeah exactly no totally but um it's like how do people literally look themselves in the mirror after you know putting that on and like making a statement think it's like smart you know yeah i just it's tough and you know that they maybe meant to do the right thing but it's just like it's like they thought their intentions uh, were good but it ended up just being completely backfiring and that's why you do need like get back to the basic steps of like how not to be a racist you know and uh yeah, man. and i uh you know i'm not saying we should burn it all down but like it just comes to you but maybe like we just comes to a fundamentally and how we learn and how we're educated and how we engage and how we think of ourselves and others and you know I can remember some pretty formative events in my life where people basically made me aware that I needed to be more self-aware because of how I was acting and like cared enough about me or in some circumstances were hurt enough by my actions that they wanted to like call that out. And that like led me to have more self-awareness. And I think, you know, not like I have the most in the world or anything, but the, uh, like, but have much more than I would have otherwise. But if people don't have those experiences or those people that care and they grow up in an environment that doesn't, provide that for them then they're just going to end up doing the same messed up stuff you know yeah man and i think it goes back to you know just education in general you know some of these people just aren't being fed the right information and they're just i think it was that quote that we were talking about on monday the dalai lama one it's like you're not born with hate you know you acquire it from you know the interactions you have and the conversations you carry and the places you go to learn you know and it's so the, the, the Nelson Mandela one, the Dalai Lama quote was the joke oh, yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. <laughs> no, no, you're I, good. That's just a uh, classic. Yeah. That was just like an interesting morning. For those that aren't uh, aren't familiar, we're just like talking about like work. We always have a like a motivational quote on like the morning nine at nine meeting yeah. with the Yeah, whole so there's company. both a motivational quote and there is a joke. And uh, this week, uh, the joke <laughs> involved the Dalai Lama and the motivational quote was Nelson was Mandela. Nelson Mandela. After Nelson yeah. Mandela, uh, your boy has to present the revenue numbers, which are is, which are much more uncompelling <laughs> than the Nelson Mandela quote, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. No, you always, you always bring a good energy too, so... I appreciate that. Uh, but no, but you know, back back to the back to the point. Like, you know, yeah, like it it should be taken to human nature. And you can see that from from children. Like my, my kid mm-hmm. doesn't care who or what he is playing with if they're giving him attention and have good vibes. And he exactly. can but he can very much pick up from three years old, like who has a good vibe and who doesn't. You know? Oh. Um, but then all those things are then like unlearned, you know, through uh through school, really. Yeah. You know? totally. School and television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all about what you're, you know, what you're letting them do. You know, you have to be like a good parent. You know, it starts from the top. You know, if you have shitty fucking parents that don't care about you, and you know that are racist and like are prejudiced, and you know, it it it, it sets yourself up for failure because you you see inside those two walls. You know, that's like hard to be outside of. Yeah. The uh, and yeah, and those and those kids just yeah, they, they have no idea. Um, and so it's like, how do you teach them some of these positive things? 
Uh, but yeah. like you, it doesn't happen in, you know, Hey, you go off to your kindergarten or your first grade school where there are police at the schools and you may not have a counselor or a nurse or anything. And you are, you know, basically sitting there for eight hours going through the same curriculum that you've gotten for the past, you know, has gone on for the past X amount of years learning this like reformed version of history. It's like, that is a, uh, I don't know. I feel like the current educational system was like a way to make sure kids were being watched like during the industrial revolution when people had to like go work in the factories and like it is not, you know, is not a method for with which is like best suited to prepare kids for what this weird world they're going to come into. Yeah, I think it's even to the courses too. It's like some of these courses like shouldn't even be taught, you know. <laughs> it's like there's so many other things that we can teach kids how to do like properly manage their money, do your taxes, like all this stuff that's like, you know, you wish you would have known earlier and you could have practiced earlier and been better at for, you know, now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, um, and, I, and I think about that a lot because I went to a, uh, uh, a very, um, I went to public school until high school. And then in high school, I went to like a very, uh, uh, affluent isn't the right word, although it's probably one of the words, like a, a super high profile, like private high school. And which oh, I did cool. have, like I had like a money management class that was like literally Sick. like taught us how to do our taxes, taught about depreciation. We were doing, we had like the, one of those like virtual stock market and it was taught by a guy, an alumni who had been relatively successful. And I learned more in that. Like, and it's just in that part of the theme of that place was, uh, you know, in some of those classes I took there, I you know, learned more than any other, anything in college than any yeah. other thing, like in that one environment. And look in this one weird high school in Hawaii, the, uh, they happen to have all that like set up, but I just think about like, that is not the average experience. And you just feel like, and I actually couldn't even replicate that experience if I wanted to today, you know? Totally. No. And that, and that just, I guess means go back, going back to defunding the police, we should maybe fund our uh, public educations more so they can be able to do these things and you're not having to pay private schools to teach these things to people. Yeah, well, that was uh, crazy. I didn't even look at like, you know, so the defund the police conversation is an interesting one because, you know, it's like, all right, cool, cool. Defund the police. You're like, all right, whatever you know, that's not going to happen. People are all too afraid, whatever, those kind of things. Then, you know, you start looking at it closer and like seeing the graphs and then you're, and like, I just have, you know, we're not particularly active in local government. My wife has had some, uh, been to some meetings when we lived in Austin, you know, for like yeah. city council, things like that. Like they have like it very minorly. And I just had no idea the size of these budgets compared to like, you know, cause you always hear about, okay, education budgets are shrinking or, you know, housing, urban development budgets are shrinking. You yeah. hear about those kind of things, but you never hear like the police budget is increasing. Like it's just something that yeah. kind of happens without talking about it. And you look at like the $6 billion uh, budget for police in New York, which makes it like the 15th largest military operation in the world or whatever. And then even looking Jeez, at Austin, yeah. where you're just like the size of this police department and the amount of money versus the schools. And you're just, it, it is uh it has to be, it has to be relocated. And I remember in Austin in particular was like a thing made me think of this because I saw the, the disparity of those budgets and Austin is a, in Texas, but a relatively progressive place. But I do like, I'm, I don't remember, you know, when we lived in Austin, our municipal police department has like actual tanks. You know, I believe the suburb directly above us has a like military helicopter. Like these places have like real, like unbelievable yeah. amounts of like things that are just completely unnecessary for like, yeah. you know, to go like, you know, send Mexican kids to jail for felonies for like possessing weed, which is like, you know, like the, the extent of what they're dealing with there. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother can of worms we could open about the, the yeah. weed that loss money, in Texas. Yeah. Re relocate that money. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. And it's like, that's the thing is like when you see cops ending up in like, they have like the CHP and like Lamborghinis, it's like dog, y'all don't need a Lamborghini to fucking chase down someone. Yeah. You know? Or, you know, and then you look at, you know, so, and this is something I know, uh, 
we've probably both had some, I don't know if we could talk about it together, but as a conversation is that, you know, the, the cannabis tax in Oregon, 25% of that cannabis tax goes to funding the police, which is like, yep. no, like let's fund education <laughs> like, yeah. or, or any number of uh, social programs that uh, would benefit the community versus that. It's, you know, it's like. There's, uh, there's literally a million and a half things that it can go to besides the police that it would be way more beneficial in, you know? And I haven't even looked at the taxes down here. So I'm just curious to see what it is percent wise down here for, you know, cops. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can only imagine in California, but the, well, yeah, just done. Yeah. California spends a bajillion dollars on, it, you know, and then Orange County being Orange County, you know, it's a whole nother. And, uh, and it's just like, look at the size of that. It's like, how can we not reduce funding significantly there and apply it towards that money is already being taken out of, you know, consumers' pockets. I'm sure they'd love to have it back, but in reality, can we just take that and put it towards these things that matter? And, you know, there's obviously a really kind of archaic set of government rules to make that happen, but like that's the kind of things that like every single person that we know should like be trying to be passionate about, you know, and, and learn more about and get involved with. Yeah, man. I guess it just goes back to, yeah, I mean, I think the best thing that's going to be coming out of this situation as a whole is like hopefully people just becoming more aware and more educated and really you know diving deep into more community activities and just being on city councils and actually like voicing the 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 the, the ideals that we want to see and the things we want to ha- see change you know it's not going to just happen by us tweeting about it and posting about it yeah. it's not going to do that and it's like you can support that and i love to see the fact that people are doing this but it's like the real change has got to come from somewhere and like someone's got to help you know yeah. And, and that's another thing to think about too, is like, you know, I know a lot of people with a lot of money. Um, and I've worked for a lot of, you know, people that have, you know, sold their companies or do the other. Mm-hmm. And I really have not never seen a single one of those people like really care about philanthropy, like in any concerted way. Um, and they're usually kind of uh, in Texas, especially they're like, end up being like a very libertarian, like anti-tax bunch, but it's like, man, you know, uh, wealth is always relative and you always feel like you need more. If you, when you have a hundred thousand dollars, you feel, you know, or see, we have $10,000, you want a hundred thousand, we have a hundred thousand, you want a million. When you have a million, you write, you five, and you five, you 20, and you 20, you want to go the other. But like, yeah. at some point, uh, you know, I really wish, uh, and I don't know what the toolkit is or the social pressure or whatever it ends up needing to be, but like it, to get it in those people's minds where they're like, it is your duty as a successful person to be more involved and like, distributing that and i just think none of these people have ever felt compelled in the slightest to do that and i'm not sure where the societal pressure is there now i don't think it's going to come from guilt because you know people who get that kind of level of success tend to have a uh you know barrier yeah a certain thick, mentality a, a certain mentality like a well i don't care i'm still fucking loaded yeah um yeah man and i think the rich people gotta fucking get on with it you know uh I, i've been loving to see the you know like Drake dropping a hundred, hundred racks to, you know, the national bailout, like that's huge, man. And it's, we all know that's not, not much money to, uh, to Drake, but, um, you know, just seeing well, people, yeah. you know, and I mean, it, it, it's good to see. And I just, I, uh, there should be so much more of it from the 1% to things that matter for, you know, I, I like to look at education and like the kids, because I feel like you can't argue about that. I feel, you know, there are compelling yeah. arguments on both sides about things like welfare um, around, you know, policing. I may not agree, but like, you know, people are going to want their, you know, certain things that they're going to say yes or no on. But I feel like everyone can rally around the youth, you know, and like educating the kids. And like, how could you not want to 
contribute yeah. to, you know, and I know a lot of rich people uh, I've dealt with have kind of been like, look, look, I'm already giving, you know, 40% of my check to those things. So like, why should I end up doing more? And it's like, well, maybe that's not going in the right place. And if you can't have enough influence to help change the places that are going and, you know, maybe you should be doing more than just kind of what's on that list. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, I completely agree too, is just educating the, you know, the next generation that's coming up behind us because they're going to need to be informed, man. And they're going to need to know that <laughs> they're the ones that are going to be looking in their history book, like, yo, 2020, what, what the fuck happened? You know? And like, they need to be aware of it to make it change for the generations to come as well. So what are we going to do about cops, man? What are we, what are <laughs> I don't we know, do there? You know, like it's great. It, it's, it's super crazy to think about, bro. Like it's, it's, they've set this whole thing up to make it, not uh, i don't even know how to word it you know i've had a lot of these moments i've been thinking about this stuff so much and there's so many times where i'm like you know having these conversations with myself with myself and then i kind of just like draw blanks in my head i'm just like what like yeah how how am i fucking up my own conversation with myself you know (laughs) well it's cool because like the also the messaging we get you know and and you know we talk a lot about messaging just because we work at like, you know, in kind of marketing branding stuff, you know, so we're yep. just kind of thinking about, okay, well, how do you explain this thing? How do you get the point across? How do you associate it? Like the mm-hmm. messaging that around all this is, is uh, that we get, you know, or have heard our entire lives has been like really immaculately thought through. And it's to the point where it's meant to confuse you. It's meant to make those kind of things hard. Yeah. You know? And I, uh, I just really, uh, my wife and I had a conversation the other day. It was really hard for me. We were talking about, you know, we're moving into a new house and outside the number of houses on our street, there are American flags. And I was, she was like, you know, man, like I would never put up American flag. And I was like, Oh, I would totally put up an American flag. And then she was like, really? Like, she's like, that's like a, like a Trumper thing to do. And I was like, mm. man, this is like a messaging problem because like, yeah, me, the American flag regard, like it just stands for all of the, you know, like all of the liberties and the things that, you know, we freedom of speech and all the kind of thing that I think they're like are American, regardless of whether you're on the right or left, but then messaging totally. and branding has co-opted the American flag as a tool of the right, which is mm. genius on their end. And it has taken someone like my wife and put them on the opposite end of that, where basically they are saying that their beliefs are intrinsically un-American because they don't want to associate them with the flag. And that is a like, you know, it's just a mind-boggling scenario to be like, no, like, it needs to be something you can't let them co-opt that, you know? And yeah. like, and that's kind of leads to those moments where you're like staring off into space being like, like, how quite did we get here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, how did one thing that re- symbolized so many good things turn into a completely bad thing now? Yeah, to some, to people. some people. Yeah. And then to and some being people. used as a tool to then present those people's ideals in a different way. And then them, and then these people then perpetuating that by how they act because they're, and basically doing the path that is being led to them by, you know, by yeah. media and by, uh, you know, like conservative think tanks or whatever it is. And, uh, yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good transition into, did you see that NASCAR announced today that they will no longer let yeah. the Confederate flag? I think yeah. that's great. And then there's and a that, bunch yeah. of, now there's drivers coming out saying they're done doing NASCAR after this year. Like they're wow. like, yo, if I, if I can't fly the Confederate flag, I mean, I'm sure they're the people there with their families flying Confederate flags from the South, you know? For sure. And I think that that's an interesting point for NASCAR in that like they are still going to have some big following in the South regardless. And they've always been trying to find a way to go more mainstream. They are a sport that exists right now. It, it's also a smart business move for them. It's not just the right thing to do. 
it is also mm-hmm. a thing that may help them go more mainstream, which I think is interesting. But uh, totally, yeah, I don't know. But that's I am happy that companies at that level are choosing to have that conversation and make their fan base have that conversation with an institution that they uh, enjoy. So props to them. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's good too. Like, like you said, pushing them more to the mainstream, but then also like these brands that have either, you know, more of a heavy, you know, Southern conservative, like crazy following. It's like, they're taking a leap of faith by, you know, doing something or standing for something or saying something like they're not going to let Confederate flags be games or races anymore. And I think it's great because I went to Talladega, bro. And that shit was wild, wild. (laughs) I was just, I was scared. Like I didn't even think I could play hip hop music, man. I was just, I was country for a week and it was kind of scary. It's like the, it's like the the opposite of going to the gathering of the juggalos. (laughs) (laughs) I might want to go to that. I might want to know. It's interesting. It's an interesting conversational point. And it's interesting that they did it. And you've seen other brand. I know Yeti had come out, you know, very supportive of, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and some of these other things. Yeah. And I, uh, it's interesting to see what brands are kind of choosing to do that. And it's like, you'll very obviously be on the right side of history, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, 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 I come back to the messaging problem. Like, it's hard to, it's hard for me to even, you know, me saying that. And it's just like, it, it makes you uh, sound to a certain middle or conservative oriented person. Just even saying that makes you sound like, like a radical liberal, which is like mm. something I'm definitely not. And that's like something I've been grappling with too, is like, you know, they, it's so polarizing how, uh, you know, even supporting that kind of makes you look to, you know, this segment of America who just doesn't get it. Yeah, man. It's, 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 uh, fuck. It's yeah, it's a lot of gray area. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I think uh, the more and more I talk about this, the more and more, like I said, I want to just dive in more and just get deep with like the education pie side and donating and being a part of the right petitions, even though I feel like there's 5 million of them going around. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm glad we talked about it, man. I'm glad we uh, feel like it's a good place to get it off. And I hope that people, you know, get it and, have a voice as well yeah and that's a you know i think in passing i think it's been good to the you know it's, you know it's hard with the pandemic and whatnot but i think all the conversations i've had with friends or that've gotten kind of deep around this in this time and someone's been on the phone or entire anything like it's just been really good to be able to talk those things through and like have that and i think normally if we were able to kind of socialize more there'd be a lot more active conversation going on around this yeah. and i think a lot of it's kind of happening in silos like online i think it's just good to let you know we should be exploring ideas and your thoughts and things with people that know more than you or with people that know the same amount of you and educating together. And I just think like, this is a thing that change and uh, you know, education from this, like comes from other people. And like, that doesn't mean like, that definitely doesn't mean like ask your, your, your one black friend, like how to better do this. <laughs> it means like, you know, yeah. work with all the people you have around you in your, in your, uh, in your circle, in your community to try and kind of engage more, but like these conversations need to happen and like, you shouldn't keep it in, even though it's awkward. I, I guarantee that to anyone listening that everyone, everyone around you is also kind of grappling with or trying to think this through and unsure of their opinions, no matter how sure they may seem. And, uh, yeah. you know, talk, talk to them and like engage in that further. That's going to be good. That discourse will be good for everybody. Yeah. And just, go in open-minded too it's like there may be some people that are you know super right or super left and i think it's it's about um seeing the bigger picture and you know hearing people out instead of just standing your ground and saying fuck you um i think it's uh it's important man and it's uh it's gonna be important for a long time to come 
So I just hope that uh, everyone, like you said, is having these conversations, is partaking and, you know, doing the best they can to understand and figure it out together, you know? Yeah. Kind of what I'm feeling. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, we don't need to, you know, uh, yeah, we don't need to take, go all take night. this on too long. Uh, you know, and I think that uh, we will, you know, kind of resume a relatively regular podcast cadence with some of these things that we had kind of recorded. But I think, uh, you know, when, when, when you and I chat more on these, we get guests on, I think we're probably going to make a, uh, you know, try to touch a little more on some of these kind of complex subjects just because it's, uh, yeah. I, th- I think it's wrong to avoid them, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, anyone that's listening right now to, uh, you know, reach out to us. We haven't had too many people like reach out about like things they want to see. Maybe I don't know if you have, um, but uh, I just want to say, I appreciate all the love and the feedback and just people that have been just like rocking with us so far. It's been been fun. It's been and nice. People have really want, they want the, uh, the just hold on the men have just hold on calendar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's, uh, it's going to, hey, you know, yet, but we are discussing it with a team of advanced sponsors. Yeah, well, uh, we we gotta make sure our funds are right on our side too. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll, we all know that calendar would be a blowout. So yeah, yeah, you know, we we want to make it a, a rare drop too. We want to go uh, super uh, super rare with it. So see what happens. <laughs> right. No, we appreciate it, y'all. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening. Cheers, y'all.